praise in the wonderful name of Jesus and thank you for joining us on another session of Prophetic by Design. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 34, Oh, taste of me and see that I am good. Amen. And so today I pray that every day that you, when you read your, your word, every day when you worship, every day when you interact with the Lord in prayer, that's how you taste of him and you see that he is good. Amen. And uh, there's so many miracles that we've been hearing of how God is speaking to people and when they walk in obedience to it, uh, how God is showing up in their lives. So we're excited about what God has got in store for you. Amen. Now, uh, now often August, the month of August, biblical and biblical numeracy, it speaks eight, speaks of new beginnings. And so we believe that August is a month of new beginnings. But it's also a moment where as a society and as, a, as, a, as the world, they take time out to honor the women and pay tribute to the women that are in our lives. And so today I want to just start off uh, this first uh, session of this month on paying tribute to the women of faith. Amen. Now I want to look at some uh, women of faith in the scriptures and I want to look at some of the examples of women of faith that showed an extraordinary uh, deposit of God in their lives. Amen. Remember, we, we speak about being prophetic by design, and we are seeing those that are trendsetters, even in the scriptures. Not often spoken about, sometimes we don't even, I, I, some of them were new to me. And so as I started to read the scriptures, I was so amazed by their lives. And also the first that I want to speak about is in Numbers chapter 27 from verses 1 to 11. We are introduced to the daughters of Zelophehad. Zelophehad, right? And Zelophehad now was one, was one of the descendants of the family of, of Joseph and out of the tribe of Manasseh, they were one of the clans within the tribes of uh, the tribe of, of, of of Joseph or Manasseh, and uh, and the challenge here was that their father has died, and the, he has he didn't have any sons, and he has five daughters, and it was at the time when Israel was discussing the distribution of an inheritance, and so we see that uh, the the five daughters of, of of this great man that has now passed on come. And they come to Moses and they come to Eleazar, the priest over Israel. And, they, and, and, and this is the statement they make. They come before the, the Moses, the, the, the priests and the chiefs of the congregation. And they come to the tent of meetings and they say, My, Our father has died in the wilderness and there is no son. And, he is, and, and they go on to describe their father as being an honorable man has been a good man. He didn't associate with Korah. And we know when, we t when they're talking about that, they're saying the ones that rebelled, he, he wasn't in association with them. But he was, a, he was a good man. But when he died, he had no sons. And, and, and then they're saying, why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan? Because he has no son. They're asking a very phenomenal question. Remember, we're looking in a Jewish custom that has been steeped 
in male patriarchy in handing over of, of an inheritance. And here, and here they come and they said to, to them, give us our, uh, uh, give to us the possession of our father. This is what they bring in. Now they, they remember these people are revolutionary, if you can consider that, because they're asking something that was considered taboo. Women were, were not considered in that scripture as, as having any rights to any inheritance or any family name. And they're saying, why should it, the, the name of our father be taken away? And why should his inheritance be given to an, another? And then, and, and then Moses goes with the case that they bring before the Lord. I thank God for a leader like Moses who didn't just use a traditional approach in answering them. He didn't come to them and say to them, okay, you know what the customs are, you know what the traditions are, you just have to follow suit. He, he went before the Lord and I believe Moses charted a new day. And now I believe that, 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 that even from that day onward, it speaks a lot about how our Heavenly Father even considers women. He considers them to be valuable. And, and, and the Bible says, And Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, The daughters of Zelophead are right. You shall give them the possession of the inheritance amongst their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance of their father to them. And you shall speak to the people of Israel and says, if any man dies and has no son, then you shall transfer his inheritance to his daughter. And if he has no daughter, then you shall transfer his inheritance to his brothers. And if he doesn't have no brothers, then to, uh, to, to another nearest kinsman in their clan. And look at how God reordered. I mean, these women, when we say we're paying tribute to trendsetters, in the scriptures. They were setting trends of even now in the 21st century women are still fighting for the for the point of being recognized as having some value. You know most most cultures and traditions even up until now pres in our present day modern world with modern technology cars that can drive on its own uh, cell phones and technology that is uh, far superseding. I mean, you can do operations on people without the traditional approaches of cutting people open. You can do a heart, uh, uh, you know, a heart, a heart surgery just uh, uh, through through a microscopic uh, tool. And but when we look at this, some of the things in our society didn't change, and yet God, in one moment, it took a five daughters of of Zelophia that said. Let us challenge this and let us approach this and let us ask the question. And they asked the question that redefined what the scripture says. Now every person that doesn't have sons, his inheritance can go to his daughters. You know how, how phenomenal that was? You know how, uh, how amazing that was? As I read this, I, I, I said definitely these are daughters of faith. They, they did something that revolutionized their world. And I want to encourage to all our mothers and to all our sisters and our wives and, uh, 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 and daughters that are out there that 
even in your generation, God could use you as a trendsetter that, that can bring about change. And, and they didn't do it in a, in a dishonorable way. They didn't do it in a way that say, they were comparing gender roles. They weren't doing anything. All they did was ask the question. Amen. And this is what the, the response. I want to also pay tribute uh, to a woman in the New Testament by the name of Priscilla. Now, Priscilla ministered in, in the gospel together with her husband, Aquila. And uh, they were part in the book of Acts chapter 18. You can read a lot of the account in, in the book of Acts chapter 18. But the Bible describes her as an effective mentor. She, she, she and her husband uh, take Apollos aside, explain to him the ways of the Lord. They, they, these were two spirits. A spiritful couple, a godly marriage, and had a powerful ministry. They they even ministered to Paul. And when Paul came to Corinth to begin the ministry, uh, they, they were with Paul, and Paul stayed in their home. They had the same business acumen as Paul. They were tent makers, and so he enjoyed that, that, that relating to them. But they welcomed him into their home to live with them, to work with them, and Paul established them, firstly trained them, and they went and discipled others. Amen. But, but this was the powerful thing about Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla did ministry together with her husband. Yes, they had a business. Yes, they had a secular job. But they also did ministry. She did ministry together with her husband. And, and this set a very, very powerful precedent for the New Testament church, where husbands and wives can do ministry together, where it was just not the role of the man to just go out there and share the goodness of God, share the grace of God, share the word of God, but they could do it together. And this is, I want to leave this as a, as a tribute to all the husbands and wives that serve in the body of Christ together. You are the modern day Priscilla and Aquila. You know what was the beautiful part? It started off by them opening their home to the man of God. I want you to understand throughout scripture, whenever somebody opened their home to the man of God, they were blessed beyond measure. They experienced phenomenal grace over their lives. And I want you to, to understand I want to encourage couples, I want to in, in, encourage husbands and wives together, do the work of the Lord together. You, you, you don't know the blessing, you don't know the measure of, of grace and favor that will come upon your home if you would just do the work of the ministry together. Amen. So that was a tribute to, to, to the couple that was in ministry. But then I want to go and, and talk about in, in another woman that we, we didn't hear, but she just mentioned in passing in 2 Kings chapter 11. This is, the woman's name is Jehoshiba. Now Jehoshiba was, uh, uh, was part of the family of King Ahaziah. And King Ahaziah was dead and uh, and and, and, and uh, Queen Athalia, which was his mother, came and usurped the throne. And she usurped the throne by killing all of the descendants 
of King Ahaziah so that she could become and set herself up as queen over, over, over Judah. And what does Jehosheba do was th this woman instinctively, under the grace of God, she went and she grabbed one of the sons, the descendants of Ahaziah, the prince, Joash, and she took him and she kept him in hiding. Now, we would later find out that this woman was no ordinary woman. She was the wife of the priest, jo Joyada. She was the wife of, of the priest, but what she did was she preserved the next generation so that they could take their rightful inheritance. Now, there's something to be said about people that preserve people, preserves the next generation, and also not only preserves them, but positions them for that they would take up their rightful inheritance. She, 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 she came in when she discovered that the king was dead and the entire royal family is being executed and, uh, and Athaliah is positioning herself to be queen. Jehosheba, she took her infant nephew because she was the sister of, of King Ahaziah. She took him into a place of, of, of safety and she protected him, the Bible says, for seven years. She kept him in hiding. No one knew where he went. She kept him protected. Her and her husband, who was the priest over Israel, was protecting her. And at the opportune moment, in the eighth year, what a powerful revelation there. On the eighth year, they bring him out and they present him and he begins to put the crown on his head. And he instructs, he instructs the guards, he instructs, instructs the captains of the armies to protect. Now I want you to understand, why do I, why do I pay tribute to this woman today? Was because she did something phenomenal. She took someone that was destined to be influential, but she took them in the moment when they had no influence. She took them in the most vulnerable season of their life and she protected them. She kept, she kept King Joash, young King Joash, she kept him while he was a prince, while he had no title, he had no authority, he had no uh, recognition amongst the people. She, she recognized that there needs to be a king. And what she did was she restored the rightful heir to the lineage of David. Remember the promise, the prophetic promise was that the, the scepter and the throne will not leave the household of David. That was God's promise. And what she was doing was fulfilling the prophetic promise that the scepter will not leave the house of David. That means she protected a, 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 an heir to the throne of David. Although Ahaziah was, was not a good man, he was an evil man, but she protected because she knew that in order that so there will be some progression, in order that there will be some, some continuity, she protected. I, 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 want, I want you to understand, I want to talk to all of our sisters and our mothers and our daughters out there and our wives out there, that there is, when you, sometimes the Lord places that motherly instinct inside of you 
Don't deny it. Because when, when, the, when the move to execute the household and the descendants of the king came in, the motherly instinct overpowered her. And she, 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 she didn't take a look for refuge just for herself because she was also of the household of the, of the king. But she went and she looked. She went and looked for a, for a descendant, an heir to the throne, and she protected him. And, and this was the, a, a beautiful a, a account that we, that we see here, that she begins to protect him. And then the, the, the Bible says when Joiada begins to place uh, the crown on, on, on Joash's head, and, and, and Queen Athalia, she hears of, the, of this coronation, and she chooses to come and, and attack, and the soldiers were empowered. The same soldiers that should have been loyal to her, because she's been ruling illegitimately for over seven years, going on to the eighth year. But these men turn around because they feel that the right king, righteousness is restored. When righteousness is restored, the people are protected. The nation is protected. I do not know who you are protecting, who you are carrying, who you are grooming, who you are investing into. So don't stop. Don't stop investing. Don't stop protecting. Don't stop fulfilling. If God gave you a word concerning that child, that uh, sometimes they may not be your biological child. Sometimes it may be a child that you are taking care of. Or, 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 or you just feel a passion in your heart to, to support somebody. Do it because you are shaping somebody that can be influential for the next. You could be taking care of the next king. You could be taking care of the next president. You could be taking care of the next great man or woman of God that will, 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 will be impactful in, in, in the community and in the society. So I want you to get to that place where you understand, make the grace of God. You see, sometimes we've been so long playing down having motherly instincts. We've been playing down what it meant to be a wife. And, and often, you know, sometimes we even misinterpret scripture by, by, by saying women are weaker and this and that. And we don't understand the strength. So I want you to understand the strength that it took somebody to protect somebody that was not their own. I mean, she was also the family. She could have said, hey, uh, why am I protecting him when maybe my own son could now become an heir to the throne? Or, or another lineage could, uh, could, could emerge. But she, but she understood what was the right thing. I pray today that God will be able to give us that ability. The next woman that I want to pay tribute to this, uh, this evening is Deborah. Amen. Now, Deborah, the Bible says she was a prophet and a judge. Sorry, thank you. She was a prophet and a judge to Israel. Now, many of you will have heard about Deborah, and uh, but I want you to see that she was a woman that was influential. This was a woman that was known for her wisdom, her courage, her compassion, and her zeal for justice. Amen? And I believe this is some of the components that come very natural to women. And I pray that even in her zeal for, for justice, 
she provided an example of leadership that was not normally seen in society in her day. She was a, basically a woman that was set above the norm. There are some of you that God has given you careers, some of you that are, are influential in the marketplace, you are leaders in the marketplace, I'm talking about our women that are leaders in the marketplace. I pray that you will trust God that you will be a Deborah. Amen. I pray that you will be a Deborah that will begin to lead. And the Bible says she, she, she was rising to positions in national leadership. Amen. But she, uh, she understood both her spiritual and her civil responsibility. Understand this. Don't get blindsided only by, you know, this whole language or the whole rhetoric about this is a man's world and you're competing in a man's world and, and all this aspect of trying to, to fulfill. God has graced you. God has put something inside of you. Deborah didn't try to prove who she was and her worth. All she did was she did what she was empowered to do. When you function and do what you're empowered to do, you don't have to prove who you are. You don't have to compete for anything. You will begin to see that it will come naturally to you. Amen. So I, I want us to understand this. The, you know the amazing thing in Judges chapter 4, we begin to read about this account about Deborah. But look at how they describe her. They said, now Deborah, a prophet, was also judging Israel. In that time. So they speak about the two mantles that she carried. She carried that of a, a fivefold ministry gifting, but she also carried the, the, she carried that, that gifting and grace as a prophet, but she also carried an anointing even in the marketplace. And I want you to understand that, that there must be much said for those that function both secular and even in the, the kingdom of God. But look at this. She, she used her spiritual insight to help her carry out even her civil duty. Amen? Because she, she, she goes to Barak, and the leader, and, and she says, you know, there, there was a wicked man by the name of Caesarea, a, a general in Jabin's army that was causing much havoc to, the, to Israel and to the nation of Israel and bringing much, much uh, uh, problems, and, and, and but she comes in and she and she says uh, to him, "Go with me, and the Lord will give this this man Caesarea into your hand." And and look at Barak. Barak, even as as a leader in and the captain of the army, didn't feel he was able to. He said, "He, he, he says, I will surely go with you." He asked her, look at what Barak asked her. He says, if you will not go with me, I will not go. But if you will, if you will go with me, I will go. And then she turns around to him and says, I'm prepared to go with you. And look at this woman. She was prepared to go with a trained soldier in the midst of a battle. Not, a, 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 not that she was a, a, was a trained soldier, but she gets in there. She, wasn't pre she was prepared to get her hands dirty. And then she said this. On the road, she says, and the Lord will deliver Caesarea into the hand of a woman. That means this wasn't just an ordinary woman. She carried a grace of knowing. I pray today that even we will not, uh, 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 I'm speaking.
to you that are in the marketplace and speaking to you that are on your job, you may be a leader, you may be a person of influence in your company, you may be a business owner, you may be an owner of many businesses, but I'm speaking to you today, don't be afraid to allow the Spirit of the Lord to lead you even in that place. Because the, the Bible, she had a cutting edge, uh, uh, you know, um, she, 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 was, she was able to do more than what the others could do because God gave her direction and revealed things to her. She said the, uh, the, this man was going to be delivered into the hand of a woman. And, and, and we know later on, if you read Judges chapter 4, how uh, Caesarea, when he heard that Barak was coming, he tries to escape, he goes into the house of Jehir, and the Lord empowers her, and she begins to kill him. Amen? So God delivered her. Now, she didn't speak it in terms of uh, that she was saying that I'm, he's going to deliver him into my hand. Amen? So when God is using you, be careful. Amen? And, and so we see a, a powerful woman that led even and gave direction even to, to leaders of her day. Now, finally, I want to just end up here in, in Joshua chapter 15. The daughter of, of Caleb, Aksa. When the, 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 the Bible says, uh, and, 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 and Caleb, uh, the friend of Joshua, he promises his daughter to whoever was able to, to fight a certain enemy, and succeed, if they were victorious in that, he says, I will give my daughter to be married. And uh, we, we, we see Othniel will, will, will rise up to the challenge, he would fight, he would win the battle, and, and, and look at this young lady, and when he succeeds, he, uh, he gives her, his daughter Aksa as her hand in marriage, but not only that, but he gives a portion of land in Negev, to them. But the challenge is the land that was given to them was a wilderness. It was a dry area. It, 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 nothing was growing. But she goes and she asks her husband, ask, her, ask my father for, 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 for the upper and the lower springs. And, and when he doesn't do it, she steps up and she goes to her father and she says to her, you have given me the land of Negev, it's known for its dryness. Now she says, she asks her father for water. And she says to her father, give me the upper and the lower springs. She stepped out in faith and claimed an additional blessing. Now I want you to understand this. It wasn't, what she was doing was out of the cultural norm. Out of the norm of the day. She could not go to her father and demand anything. You know, it was a whole different worldview. It was a whole different culture perspective. But she, she steps out on faith. She claims an additional blessing for her family and because she was bold enough to ask for more. Are you bold enough to ask for more? She says, it's good you're giving me the land, but the land without water is useless. She comes and she asks for more, and the Bible says, and her father was ready and willing to bless. I'm saying to you, daughter of faith, woman, phenomenal woman, ask for more. And she didn't ask for herself, she asked for her family. Amen? And when you ask for your family, 
I believe the Heavenly Father is ready and willing to bless you. Amen. And so, so today I want to just encourage you with these scriptures. We see also in the book of Luke about Anna. And the Bible speaks about she was a prophet. She was a woman that was very old. She lived with her husband for seven years and after that he died. And from the time that her husband died, she spent time day and night in the temple fasting and praying. And at the stage when Jesus is coming to be, to be dedicated at the temple, the day that they, they are coming for his dedication, she's in the temple fasting and praying. She's 84 years old. She's been doing this for many years. And then she begins to release a prophetic word and speak to the people about what, who Jesus is and what Jesus was resembling. How many mothers sometimes have lost their husbands, lost spouses, but they continued faithfully serving in the house of God as prayer warriors. There's a salute. This is a tribute to you. You are the Annas in the house. May God bless you. May God bless you. And, 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 and the blessing was for her, was she was able to prophetically declare over the life of the Messiah. What a powerful blessing that was. She was able to speak over the life. Not too many people could say they were speaking over the life of, 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 of the King of Kings. Amen. And she was able to do that. What a blessing. We know Simeon gave a prophetic word confirming the call of God upon the life of Jesus. But she also spoke. And I pray today, daughters, daughters of destiny, women of the world, may God bless you. May God continue to use you as we pay tribute to some of these women that sometimes do not get much celebration in the scriptures, but really play the phenomenal role in their generation. You can make a phenomenal mark in your generation. You can become a powerful woman of God, speaking into the lives of this present day generation, changing and transforming them, sowing seeds in their lives that even long after we have gone, that they will still begin to testify. This is what somebody, this person spoke into my life. Amen. May you be an Anna. May you be a Deborah. May you be a Joeshiba. Amen. May, may you be one of these women that God can use that can change the lives of the world. Let's just bow our heads together. Father, we love you. We adore you. We glorify your name. We honor you. You are a faithful and you are a great God. And there's no one like you. So we pay tribute today to all of our mothers, our sisters, our daughters, our wives. Father, we pray today that you will begin to use them for your glory. And I pray today that we will not limit or minimalize the role of the women that even within the body of Christ. We say to the daughters of Zion, rise up. To the daughters of destiny, rise up. Rise up into the grace that God has placed in you. Make full proof of the ministry that God has given you. God bless you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a great evening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Take care.